the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us as we get underway at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 17th morning of the seventh month of the year of our Lord, 2019. We are packed today. Coming up in less than a half an hour at 935, we will catch up with the man that we missed on Monday because he, uh, because of his travel schedule. And I speak, of course, of Ohio's fourth congressional district representative, co-founder of the House Freedom Caucus, and the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee, Congressman Jim Jordan, will be joining us. He will talk to us about race. He will talk to us about tweets. He will talk to us about ice raids. He will talk to us about the show vote yesterday on the floor of the Ohio, or excuse me, of the House of Representatives. Coming up at 10.05, a guest you have not heard from before, at least on these airwaves, Reverend C.L. Bryant from Freedom Works. Uh, he is a pastor. He is a motivational speaker, and he is brilliant. He spoke as uh, one of the uh, uh, prime speakers at the recent event on Saturday that we highlighted and featured uh, back on Friday with John McAvoy, the president of the Ohio Liberty Coalition. Uh, C.L. Bryant was one of the speakers there at that event. I have gotten rave reviews from him, and I have uh, invited him to appear on the program today to discuss all of these events, and he will be doing so. He is an African-American. He is going to be uniquely qualified to discuss the issues of race or alleged racism, on the part of the president's tweets, uh, and of course the use of race as a defense mechanism from 
people of color, women of color in the freshman Democrat class in the House. And, of course, you know we speak of the four horsewomen of the apocalypse. More on that in a moment. And then at 10.35 this morning, my friend John Cardillo, who is the host of America Talks Live on the Newsmax uh, television network, and he also has some very important information about the horsewomen, uh, and uh, he's going to expose. He did it yesterday on his program. That's why I invited him to join me. His uh, program airs uh, every afternoon on Newsmax TV, and I usually DVR and watch it at night. And he did a tremendous job exposing who Ilhan Omar, otherwise known as Jihad Omar, really is. So Congressman Jim Jordan, Reverend C.L. Bryant, and John Cardillo all going to be on the program today. But I'm not, for the first time this week, I am not going to start the show with the ridiculous allegations that President Donald Trump uh, tweeted racist statements about the quote-unquote squad, otherwise known as the squalid, otherwise known as the four horsewomen of the apocalypse, which I will get to shortly. Believe me, there is a real, real connection there that you're going to find just flat-out eerie, maybe creepy, maybe scary. But we'll get to that uh, in a bit. Uh, as the uh, four Democratic freshman women continue to try to get Donald Trump impeached and to continue to try to take over our government uh, with their socialist ideas. I want to start instead with Salem Media's own Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager, yesterday, spoke before the Senate uh, subcommittee on Google censorship. Big picture, all of the tech giants that operate out of Silicon Valley and their censorship. Twitter, Facebook, Google, YouTube, and there are more as well. Dennis Prager was invited because Dennis Prager has been one of the victims of Google censorship by way of YouTube. Google owns YouTube. And the Prager University videos that we love, over 320 of them, many of them have been blocked by YouTube. They've been censored. They've been categorized as being inappropriate for all viewers because of what they describe as being mature or offensive material. Now, I'm not going to try to uh, state what Dennis Prager stated during that testimony yesterday, but I want you to hear all five minutes of it coming from him himself. This is Dennis Prager yesterday before this Senate subcommittee on Google censorship. This will lead into some other things that we have to discuss as well. Please give this a listen. It is worth our five minutes. Uh, I will take just a moment, because uh, my opening comment is under five minutes, just to respond on the issue of the Ten, Commitment, Ten Commandments video uh, that was uh, placed on the restricted list by Google. The representative from Google mentioned that uh, in a reason that it would be on the restricted list uh, was that uh, it contains mentions of murder. So I was thinking, I have a solution that will, I think, appeal to Google. I will re-release it as the Nine Commandments. That should solve uh, the problem of including murder in my discussion of the Ten Commandments. And as regards the swastika, yes, there is a swastika. Uh, it is, again, in the commandment of do not murder, wherein I show that murder... There are people who believe murder is all right even today, and I use the swastika and the, uh, and the hammer and sickle as two examples. I would think we would want young people to associate the swastika 
with evil. That was why I had a swastika. It is an honor to be invited to speak in the United States Senate, but I wish I were not so honored because the subject of this hearing, Google and YouTube's, and for that matter, Twitter and Facebook's suppression of Internet content on ideological grounds, threatens the future of America more than any external enemy. In fact, never in American history has there been as strong a threat to freedom of speech as there is today. Before addressing this, however, I think it important that you know a bit about me and the organization I co-founded, Prager University, PragerU, as it is often referred to. I was born in Brooklyn, New York. My late father, Max Prager, was a CPA and an Orthodox Jew who volunteered to serve in the U.S. Navy at the start of World War II. My father's senior class thesis at the City College of New York was on anti-Semitism in America. Yet despite his keen awareness of the subject, he believed that Jews living in America were the luckiest Jews to have ever lived. He was right. Having taught Jewish history at Brooklyn College, written a book on anti-Semitism, and fought Jew hatred my whole life, I thank God for living in America. It breaks my heart that a vast number of young Americans have not only not been taught how lucky they are to be Americans, but have been taught either how unlucky they are or how ashamed they should be. It breaks my heart for them because contempt for one's country leaves a terrible hole in one's soul and because ungrateful people always become unhappy and angry people. And it breaks my heart for America because no good country can survive when its people have contempt for it. I have been communicating this appreciation of America for 35 years as a radio talk show host, the last 20 in national syndication with the Salem Radio Network, an organization that is a blessing in American life. One reason I started PragerU was to communicate America's moral purpose and moral achievements, both to young Americans and to young people around the world. With a billion views a year, and with more than half of the viewers under age 35, PragerU has achieved some success. My philosophy of life is easily summarized. God wants us to be good. Period. God without goodness is fanaticism, and goodness without God will not long endure. Everything I and PragerU do emanates from belief in the importance of being a good person. That some label us extreme or, quote, haters only reflects on the character and the broken moral compass of those making such accusations. They are the haters and extremists. PragerU releases a five-minute video every week. Our presenters include three former prime ministers, Four Pulitzer Prize winners, liberals, conservatives, gays, blacks, Latinos, atheists, believers, Jews, Christians, Muslims, and professors and scientists from MIT, Harvard, Stanford, and a dozen other universities. Do you think the Secretary General of NATO, or the former Prime Ministers of Norway, Canada, or Spain, or the late Charles Krauthammer, or Philip Hamburger, distinguished professor of law at Columbia Law School, would make a video for an extreme or hate-filled site? The idea is not only preposterous, it is a smear. 
Yet Google, which owns YouTube, has restricted access to 56 of our 325-minute videos and to other videos we produce. Restricted means families that have a filter to avoid pornography and violence cannot see that video. It also means that no school or library can show that video. Google has even restricted access to a video on the Ten Commandments, as we have seen. Yes, the Ten Commandments. We have repeatedly asked Google why our videos are restricted. No explanation is ever given. But of course we know why. Because they come from a conservative perspective. Liberals and conservatives differ on many issues. But they have always agreed that free speech must be preserved. While the left has never supported free speech, liberals always have. I therefore appeal to liberals to join us in fighting on behalf of America's crowning glory, free speech. Otherwise, I promise you, one day you will say, first they came after conservatives, and I said nothing. And then they came after me, and there was no one left to speak up for me. Thank you. Dennis Prager's opening statement before his testimony yesterday before the Senate subcommittee. Now, what you're going to hear in a moment or two after we take this time out is you're going to hear a little bit of the ridiculous spin provided by the Google representative, Vice President Karan Batia, um, who was questioned by Senator Ted Cruz. You're going to want to hear that as well. We are really, really moving on this now, my friends. I have been complaining about social media for a long time and about its biases, about its shadow banning, about its censorship for a very, very long time. Social media, and that includes YouTube, run by Google. It includes Google's search engines and their search results. And it seems like the more time that goes by, the more hearings we are having, the more people are becoming alerted to this. And it looks like lawmakers, conservative ones, in other words, those who believe in the Constitution, are moving on this. They're acting on this. We are making some headway against Silicon Valley. Dennis Prager made a huge statement yesterday. Ted Cruz followed up on it with the Google vice president, which I'll share with you after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Now heard through downtown, through Greater Cleveland, on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. It is 925 now. The Bob France Authority continues. We are loaded, as I said today. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Congressman Jim Jordan. Coming up at 10.05, the Reverend C.L. Bryant from Freedom Works. And at 10.35, my friend John Cardillo from uh, Newsmax Television. All going to be an- analyzing the huge stories of the day, including the social media stories that I've been discussing. Dennis Prager yesterday took the fight right to Capitol Hill, speaking before the Senate subcommittee, um, and and called Google and YouTube out for their censorship of Prager University videos for doing things like, I don't know, having swastikas included in videos in which they are discussing the Holocaust. The educational lessons being taught can't be taught without the symbols of the evil, like the swastika. You heard him say that they banned or limited and censored the uh, Prager U uh, video about the Ten Commandments because it references killing. <laughs> oh, holy goodness. You mean Google doesn't allow anything on its search engines? YouTube doesn't allow anything that references murder, even if they're condemning murder? 
Senator Ted Cruz yesterday did yeoman's work speaking to Google Vice President Karan Batia, who tried to explain their censorship of Prager University. This is also worth our time. One of the companies that has been demonetized by Google repeatedly is Prager University. Dennis Prager is sitting here. He will be testifying on the next panel. Uh, Mr. Prager is, in my judgment, a highly learned, erudite individual, studied and well thought on a great many issues. And in my experience, I've always found that I learn when listening to Mr. Prager, whether I happen to agree with a particular issue or yet or not. And yet, YouTube actively censors the content Mr. Prager is producing. Is it your view that Mr. Prager is somehow disseminating dangerous ideas or, or ideas that fit into the buckets you were talking about of violent extremism or, or hate speech? Uh, no, Senator. Maybe if I can just explain. Mr. Mr. Prager is a YouTube success story. Mr. T. Prager has more than two million uh, uh, followers, as I understand it. Um, Mr. Prager's uh, and and all of Mr. Prager's content is available on YouTube, the 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 main YouTube channel. We do have um, a very small percent of our subscribers who opt for what we call restricted mode. These are mostly institutions like churches or perhaps schools where there's certain um, more mature content that they choose not to have access to. Now, this is less than 2% of the overall YouTube watchers, but we do feel it's important that to give those, those institutions that degree of control. There is a small percent of Mr. Prager's overall content, as I understand it, less than a quarter of his content, that is deemed to be in that category of more mature. And so for that very small percentage, they will not have access to Mr. Prager's um, more mature content. Other than that, it is complete. And, th and just to be clear, these are... This is content, for instance, maybe perfectly acceptable to watch, but for those, perhaps references to violence or war or rape, things like that. So that's the, so that's the basis. My understanding, just for the record, is, is that uh, PragerU has produced 325-minute videos and that YouTube has censored 56 of them, so roughly 20%. Among those that are censored include a video on the Ten Commandments. Uh, another one censored includes a video on the history of the nation of Israel. Uh, the restrictions are purportedly for blocking things like pornography, but apparently in YouTube's world, talking about the Ten Commandments and, and the nation of Israel is comparable and, and, and should be blocked. Respectfully, Senator, that's not right. So what I was trying to explain is... All of Mr. Prager, those, those, the Ten Commandments, all those are available to 98% of YouTube viewers. 98.5, I believe. 1.5% of our viewers have, in, have activated, again, this restricted mode. Churches, uh, schools, maybe libraries that don't want to have their viewers uh, uh, exposed to more mature content. The video, I believe the Ten Commandments video, for instance, contains references to murder and I believe potentially Nazism or World War II, something along those lines. There are other videos that have in that category, in the, the number that you reference, 56, whatever it is, that may make reference to rape. That's the reason. But they're not censored. They are simply, they're available to everybody who's using normal YouTube. 
they are not available to the small subset who have chosen to activate restricted mode. But the problem here is that you have included videos about the Ten Commandments with pornography and other things under the classification of restricted mode. That means the 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 the, the giant monolithic powers in Silicon Valley de- deem the Ten Commandments to be pornography. Deem it to be worthy of protecting when people activate restricted mode for mature or adult content. You can't learn about the Holocaust? You can't learn about the formation of Israel? You can't learn about the Ten Commandments unless you're mature? Unless you uh, agree to accept pornography on your YouTube search results? They have included these things as restricted content because they are trying to limit their view by people uh, across this country. It is plain to see Ted Cruz exposed that. Obviously, Dennis Prager exposed that. And we have more that we'll talk about today on this issue as well. But for now, it's 930. Let's get news. And Congressman Jim Jordan immediately to follow right here on 1420 The Answer. Onward, we roll. It's 935. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420, The Answer. I told you we are loaded for bear, and uh, it starts now. And before I bring Congressman Jordan onto the line, I want to read this for you and for him. The uh, President of the United States not backing down even a little bit. Tweeting, uh, last night, so great to see how unified the Republican Party was in today's vote concerning statements I made about the four Democrat congresswomen. If you really want to see statements, look at the horrible things they have said about our country, Israel, and much more. They are now the top, most visible members of the House Democrats who are now wedded to this bitterness and hate. The Republican vote was 187 to 4. Also, this was the first time since 1984 that the Speaker of the House was ruled out of order and broke the rules of the House quite a day. In America, the President tweeted this morning, "You, if you hate our country, you are free to leave. The simple fact of the matter is the four Congresswomen think that America is wicked in its origins. They think that America is even more wicked now, that we are all racist and evil. They are entitled to their opinions. They're Americans. Now I'm entitled to my opinion. And I just think they're left-wing cranks. They're the reason that there are directions on a shampoo bottle, and we should just ignore them. Quoting in the latter part, um, Senator John Kennedy, who made those statements on Fox today. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's 4th Congressional District Representative and uh, the ranking committee, or excuse me, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee, co-founder of the Freedom Caucus. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine, Bob. You know what else they said? I was just going to say, you know what else they said? They said abolish ICE. They said abolish the the whole department, Department of Homeland Security. They said walls are immoral. So not only have they said... Uh, anti-Semitic and, and, and other crazy things. When it comes to policy, they take the, the craziest policy positions, and that's the frustration I think not only the president feels, but most Americans feel. 100% right. You and I could probably spend an hour, the next hour of this show, just going through the list of things that they have said that have been anti-Semitic, anti-American, that have been personally disparaging of the president, the president's family, the president's supporters, and, moreover, uh, innocent American workers, Border Patrol workers, who are being called Nazi death camp, camp guards by these women, and yet we are supposed to see them as victims now because the president finally called them out, and probably in a bit of a clumsy way because not you know only one of the four of them are from another country, but when he said, uh, go back to the country you came from, fix that one first before you come here and try to tell us how to fix this one. 
Finally, somebody calls them out, and, and they get victim status and a show vote on the floor of the House yesterday. Yeah, and it, and it, and it was a show vote because, as the president pointed out, the Republicans uh, realized that it was just ridiculous. Um, the, the statement that they, 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 you know, they went after the president directly in the resolution, and so uh, the vast, vast majority of Republicans said this is crazy and voted against it. Um, no, look, think about what happened. What's happened in the last several months? Just take the immigration policy for a second. So the president two and a half months ago said this is a real crisis. He's been saying it for a long, long time, but he said this is a real crisis. I need money to actually supplies for these people who are on our border in these facilities. And the, and the, and the Democrats say, no, it's manufactured, it's contrived, it's a fake crisis. Then when the, when the real crisis gets much worse, they say, oh, wait a minute, it's your fault, Mr. President. Even though they've said we should abolish ICE, abolish DHS, walls are immoral, non-citizens should vote. They say uh, these detention facilities are concentration camps. And over the last week, and think what happened in the state of Washington, a guy tried to firebomb an ICE facility. And in the state of Colorado, you had, you had him take down the American flag at an ICE facility. So that's, that's the craziness on today's left. And when the president says, give me some money to help fix this problem and change the law, the asylum law, and these other things that we need to do, they don't want to help at all. Yet all they want to do is bring a resolution to the floor and condemn the president. This is the, this is what drives Americans crazy, and why they appreciate this president's willingness to fight for the things he said he was going to do. Congressman, uh, let's dig deeper on the immigration issue, the border issue, the asylum law, especially the new policy established by the administration. But first, let me go back to the tweets because I just need to get you on this, uh, on the record on this. Mike Turner, your colleague from, uh, from Ohio, uh, declared the president's tweets to be racist. Uh, virtually every Democrat and every member of the media has declared it to be racist. Uh Rob Portman. Uh, I, I just want to give one, one of the line in there. Rob Portman did not say racist, but he said the tweets were divisive and wrong. Did you? What was your reaction when you first saw the tweets about go of back course, and fix your other countries? What What was your of read? Course on it? The pres- of course, the president. Of course, the president not racist. I have talked to this guy. This guy he care. He loves this country. He wants what's best for this country. Of course, he's not racist. He is frustrated, just like so many of you. You look at that situation on the border. You look at you look at the fact that the Democrats want to spend all day yesterday on this resolution, and they come to the floor and when they present the resolution, the speaker's words are out of order because she broke the rules of the House, so they had to have a vote to say that she could continue to speak because the parliamentarian said, "Yeah, you can't say what you said." I mean, that's the part that drives Americans crazy. Of course, the president's not racist. Uh, any, anyone who spent any time around this guy and understands that uh, he is frustrated by what what he's the, the, the lack of support and help he's getting from the Democrats and, and, and particularly the, uh, some of these, these hard-left Democrats and the things they have said about what he's trying to do to help the situation on the border. Let, let's I completely agree, by the way. I just wanted to get your definitive statement on that. I agree wholeheartedly. It is ridiculous for them to classify this as racist. Do you believe, uh, Congressman, that this is what the four women are doing, is using their skin color or ethnicity as a political weapon? Because it, we know it's not just, you know, it, it, Trump is the latest. But Nancy Pelosi, three days ago, was deemed to be racist by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez because she dared criticize, quote, four freshman women of color. So it, it's always about the color. It's not about the substance we're not criticizing your anti-semitism we're not criticizing your support for socialist policies and open borders and and illegal immigrants voting it's not any of those things no 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 we're nancy pelosi criticized you because you're a woman of color they're using this race card i think they're overplaying it are they not well i just think that the 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 hard left today in, in 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 america has come has gone completely crazy in their positions i i mean 
you just go. They want a seventy percent marginal tax rate. They want they want to they want to get take health care away from one hundred eighty million Americans who have private health care. Uh, this Green New Deal is is ridiculous. Their policies on immigration are ridiculous, and you just go down the list. So I just I just I I don't even focus on a male female what, what African American uh, uh, where you're from or anything like that. All I focus on is. Your policies are crazy, and I'm going to call out those policies and, and debate the policy issue itself, and let's have that debate. So if we could stay focused on that, to me, that's, that's where it needs to be, and their policies are crazy. I will say this, too, about the, the really hard left. Mm-hmm. I don't think they start from the same premise you and I start with, Bob. We start from the premise that we live in the greatest country in human history. We're not perfect because no one is, but we're the greatest nation ever. I don't think the left starts from that premise. I think they start from the idea that, oh, we're just one of the 190-some countries on the planet uh, they don't start from this this American exceptionalism, this idea that we're the greatest nation ever, and and that I think skews how you view certain policy issues as well. So that's the debate we need to have, and forget about all the other crazy things that seem to be coming up. Very well said. We're talking to Congressman Jim Jordan, Ohio's fourth congressional district representative. Go, let's go to the asylum uh, policy that was uh, announced by the president uh, just uh, at the end of last week. We are going to force asylum seekers to take uh, make their asylum requests in nations they travel through on the way to getting here. You should be taking mm-hmm. asylum if you truly are being persecuted in your country. The first refuge or safety uh, zone that you find should be the one that you you seek to stay in. That's the new policy. Of course, the ACLU is already filed a suit to try to stop that. Um, what is your take on that policy? No, it's a great policy. It's common sense. I would encourage all your listeners to watch the clip last week. Watch a few clips last week when Tom Holman, former ICE director, testified in front of our committee. He, he laid it out, three policy changes we have to make. And then it, he said, and this, was, this, was, this is another reason it's so important. He says, the things the Democrats are saying are incentivizing people to come and creating the problem on the border and creating all this the dangerous things that happen when cartels bring these people to the to the southern border. So of course this is good common sense policy. But yeah, the left, the hard left again is going to say no, 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 no. We don't like it. And the reason the left doesn't like it because the left is for open borders. Remember, Secretary Clinton said this when she campaigned for the highest office in this land two and a half years ago. So of course the left's against it. It is a good policy, and what we need to do to fix this problem. Um, Congressman, uh, with respect to the raids that were supposed to happen this weekend, um, you and I talked about this last week, and um, I didn't understand it then, and I still don't understand it now, why we announced these things ahead of time, allowing yeah. all of the protests to set up and allowing all of the advice, how to lawyer up, how you can't let, you don't have to open your door unless somebody brings a warrant signed by a judge and so on and so forth. Skewing the fact, by the way, skewing the yeah. obvious fact that these people have already had due process, the individuals being targeted had already had judges' hearings, lawyers, and been ordered, deported. This is this final orders of deportation. Uh, it didn't look like it went very big over the weekend as it was supposed to. Um, but the president yesterday said, ah, we, we got a lot of them. You just don't know about it because we're not publicizing it now. What is, what is your read? Are those effective? And, 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 and why is there such a controversy over people who have already been given well, the final gonna, orders? We will, well, no, the, the, it should happen because it's the rule of law. And, and understand, these people have been through the entire due process, all the due process, through the court system, through the, through the judicial process, and they've been deemed that you, you violate the law, uh, you're going to have to return to your native country. So um, it, it, is, it is what needs to happen. Uh, I, I don't know the numbers. Uh, we actually have a judiciary markup today on an immigration bill, and we have a meeting with uh, the head of, uh, of, of ICE today as well, where we're going we're gonna to talk to them and find out what we can about uh, what, what took place. So we'll... Um, We'll know more about what, what, took, uh, what took place over the weekend. But it should happen because it is following the law. And every single one of these people 
uh, have had their due process. Now, the other thing is you're exactly right. I don't, I don't know why sometimes this leaks out. I don't think that's helpful, uh, particularly with these sanctuary cities and all the things they're doing yeah. to, to talk to people and, as you said, uh, uh, let, them, let them know what, uh, what's happening. So I don't, I don't buy that either. Yeah, and I don't think they were leaked out. I think the administration made the announcements, basically, which is I just don't understand because, you know, remember when the president said two weeks ago, I'm going to give you two weeks to come up with a better policy and to close these loopholes. If don't, if you don't, then I'm going to start the raids or the, you know, enforcement, targeted enforcement or whatever you want to call them. So I just don't, I don't quite understand the, the, uh, public announcing of it. But let's, let me ask you this now from the standpoint, you mentioned sanctuary cities. The mayor of Los Angeles, California and the chief of police in LA uh, released a video. You probably saw it. Uh, 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 over the weekend, basically saying, we will not comply. We are your safe haven. If you are an illegal in this city, you don't have anything to be afraid of. And he repeated this stuff about lawyering and about warrants and so on. And the police chief then went on to say, we are police. We are not federal authorities enforcing civil violations. We are only concerned with safety. Congressman, these people already committed other crimes besides illegal immigration. That that makes this a safety situation, and we have law enforcement pledging to not cooperate with other law enforcement. How can we be a nation of laws if law enforcement will not work together? Well, this is this this is uh, this is a dangerous thing. Um, you saw it with the reporter in Portland a few weeks ago, oh. and what some of these radicals did to this individual out there exercising his First Amendment liberties. Uh, freedom of the press, doing his job, and when I believe it was Antifa, uh, at least that's what's been, I think I've, I've seen, went after this guy and physically harmed him, the police stood down. And I, I gotta believe the police wanted to, you know, the good law enforcement folks out there wanted to help this individual, but they stood down because the mayor of the city, my, it's, this is my understanding, the mayor of the city told him to stand down. Now, this is scary stuff, and, you know, things that we never thought we would see, in, and again, as I said, the greatest country ever. That's the part that scares me with where, what this, the, the rhetoric and the things that are happening out there. And this is what Tom Holman was talking about last week in the committee. A guy who has lived, a guy who has seen people, children die on the border because they were brought up by cartels and all the dangerous things that happened to him. Who talked about this situation? And he said the only way to help, this, the only way to deal with this, and to actually make it safe for people, is to change the law, change the asylum law, like we're talking about doing, and. To build the border security wall and, and quit having Democrats say the crazy things they are saying, that you'll get free health care, that these are actually concentration camps that we should abolish, all the crazy things they're saying, that's the only way to deal with it. So this is, this is a serious situation, and, and, and I'm concerned. Uh, and I think, as, as I said, I think the president is too, and that's why he is, he's calling folks out uh, in the way he is. Last thing, Congressman, let's come full circle to this fight between the president and the uh, four horsewomen of the apocalypse. They are claiming that they are in danger because the president uh, has made these statements uh, and that they are getting death threats and so on and so forth. Um, what is your response to the fact that these women who have continually called, particularly uh, uh, Alexandria Damasio Cortez, uh, border guards, concentration camp guards, uh, border detention facility workers at being compared to the Nazi death camp guards because these people, their children are going to school 
and the children of these border, these, these federal employees doing everything they can to save the lives, by the way, of thousands and thousands of people who have overwhelmed their facilities at the border. Their children are being threatened. Their children are being called names because their fathers are torturers making women drink out of toilets and all of the lies being told by these women. Yeah. Is there anything that the, the government, that the Congress can do about that? And, and I think I probably already know the no. answer, but I'll let you respond. No, no, they're, they're, I mean, look, we, we don't want anyone getting death threats. I certainly don't want, uh, you know, the, 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 the four members of Congress and any member of Congress or any person. I don't, we don't want death threats for anyone. That, no, no one likes to deal with, with that when, it, when, it, when in fact it happened. Um, but I also think you're right. Uh, we had in, in uh, last week in committee, Chairman Nadler referred to what's happening on the border as homicide. And uh, he actually he actually took down his words uh, when he was when was he, he was confronted. So that kind of rhetoric from the left doesn't help. But certainly we don't want anyone getting death threats. I don't want my colleagues getting death threats. Um, that's not appropriate. But maybe it would help if we would all focus on debating the policy. And it's okay to have rigorous debate. We've had it since, you know, Jefferson and Adams when this, when this great experiment in liberty called America got started. So that's great, and I'm all for it. And I'm, you know, I think you, your listeners probably know that I'm not afraid to let people have it who I think aren't being square with us when we're in committee hearing. But let's do it in an appropriate fashion, um, and let's cut down on some of, the, some of the crazy things they're saying. And certainly we don't want anyone getting death threats. To that end, they held this show vote yesterday to condemn the president's comments. Why, why is there no call to condemn members, their own members' comments, these, these mm-hmm. horrifically yeah. dangerous you know, rhetoric that they are using, again, against just, we're not even talking about politicians you know anymore. Bob? They can you know fight why? with you. They can fight with you. You guys are all elected officials yeah. and politicians. Maybe you say some things. But they're talking about unelected people who are just federal workers doing the hardest job that there is to do, made harder oh. by them. Why don't we condemn on That's the floor of the Congress those remarks? Yeah, that's why. That's why. Again, I, I I have said it now three times. But Mr. Holman, he he got so ticked, he got oh, yeah. so fired up in this committee. He got his face got red, and it stayed red for an hour and a half. And I don't blame him because the things they were saying, and and when he talked about how he's lived it, he is he has seen that the the terrible conditions that these 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 families who are seeking they're seeking freedom, but are brought up by these cartels, and the things he has seen on the border, and 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 what's causing. It. I mean, it was it was so powerful. But you know what? The reason why why this is happening is. Because it's all about President Trump. The Democrats have been obsessed with going after the president. They're so obsessed with that, they can't even think about doing what's best for the country. They can't think about good policy for the country because all they care about, Jerry Nadler, Elijah Cummings, Maxine Waters, Nancy Pelosi, Ocasio-Cortez, all they care about is attacking the president of the United States. And what drives them crazy is in spite of all that, in spite of them going after the president, in spite of the... There's some of the establishment going after the president, and then all the mainstream press going after the president. In spite of all that, we got taxes cut, regulations reduced, economy growing at an unbelievable rate, lowest mm-hmm. unemployment in 50 years. Two good guys got put on the Supreme Court. We're out of the Iran deal. The embassy's in Jerusalem. Things are going. And regular Americans, our hardworking Americans, are seeing their wages going. That drives them crazy. So what, what do they do? They double down on Trump some more. We're going to go after him some more. So that's what's driving this whole thing. And Sometimes you, you, you would laugh if it wasn't so serious, but uh, that's what's driving it. Congressman, I, we went over time. I really appreciate you sticking with us. There's a lot of important ground to cover here. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you next you week. You bet, Bob. Thanks for all you do. Take you care. You got it. 9.53, back after this. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority podcast. 
Short segment here, obviously, before the top of the hour. Thanks to Congressman Jordan. Coming up at about 10.05, 10.10, we're going to talk to the Reverend C.L. Bryant from Freedom Works. Looking forward to that. Let me get a couple of calls in here before the top, though. Patricia in Strongsville, go right ahead. Yes, Patricia, hi. Yes, go ahead. Yes, I had to get you off my speakers. How are you? Mm-hmm. I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> Good. Um, we're short. On, we're a little short hi. on time, Patricia. Go ahead. Okay. Um, my husband took down, because it rained in Brecksville, Ohio, last night, my Trump flag. All I want to say is, please continue to be proud of our country, and uh, don't let the horsewoman of the apocalypse get you down. Well, you know what? Uh, get that get, as soon as the rain stops, if it hasn't already. Uh, get that Trump uh, flag right back up there. Absolutely, I appreciate we'll the and I appreciate the support. And you're right; we cannot give up, and we will not surrender to the four horsewomen. And by the way, it's just a kind of a you know a, a, a euphemism for them. But there was something to it. If you look at the Book of Revelations, there was something to it that I will share with you in the next hour. Jan in Cleveland. I've only got uh, thirty seconds. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, do I have this straight now? I. I don't have a right to free speech. You have to be a protected minority to have the right to free speech. I think every talk show host should play uh, one one of those four horsewomen. I think it was Omar. The first words, one of the first words out of her mouth when she became a congresswoman was uh, "impeach the mf'er," which are the yeah, two. Yeah, that was actually to leave, not horse- Omar, but. I remember it well. That was Rashida Tlaib. It was the first thing she said when she took her uh, oath of office. Now, I think people should realize where this woman is coming from, and that should be played over and over again before everyone's sympathy goes to what she does not deserve. Right. And thank that's you, exactly Bob. that's what thank you Jan. That's exactly what they're looking for. Is sympathy, pity and victimhood status because it's powerful in America in 2019. Right back after the news. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.